Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Wombrode, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today with a great show, or a show we think is going to be great yeah. educational. Hi, Heather. Hey, Christy. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How good. are you? I am good. So I have to brag on Heather. She's wearing pink today. <laughs> and when she walked in the office, I'm like, oh my God, you're in color. Yes. And uh, tell me what you told, tell them what you told me. It is a goal of mine to add color to my wardrobe. I am very much a um, cream camel white and black when I look and you know the Barbie movie came out we all went which was so fun and I was like I have no color (laughs) so I have been inspired I am trying to add more color to my wardrobe I'm not allowed to buy khaki cream or white well you look beautiful (laughs) you you. look great in color (laughs) thanks my closet is like a bag of skittles yeah I love it every color in there (laughs) I love that (laughs) I used to work retail many many moons ago and so I was the queen of colorizing you know in retail it goes from lights to dark so my whole closet is colorized. I yes. have all my shirts in one area, my skirts, my jackets, and my dresses and my slacks. And, that is and awesome. When people come to my closet, they're going, this is like a retail store. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I would not be able to find it otherwise. Yeah, have everything organized. That's okay, it. I need to do that. There you go. There you go. We're not talking fashion today, but we are talking about something very fashionable, mm-hmm. which is new construction housing. And there's so many ways to skin the cat on new construction. So Heather and I decided that we would focus on building from scratch today, what that looks like when you are building from scratch. You've bought the piece of property Mm -hmm. yourself and you're going at it solo. And then we're going to talk about if you buy a new build that's already either under construction or finished, some things you need to be looking for. Yeah, yeah. So, So let's kick it off. And this is sort of building 101. Uh, Jamie Duncan with Build Nashville was on our show last season. We hope to have her back this season as well. And we talked a lot about new construction, and I am actually building a house with Build Nashville. And we are not as far along as I would hope to have been um, in right now, but that was all my fault. Yeah. And I'm going to explain why and what to look at. When you're building from scratch, you almost need to have a roadmap. Yeah, you do. It could be decision fatigue. It can because you've built your own yes. house from scratch I today. I have. I have. And mine, what made it so tricky is that I had to get about five different variances oh. pass through Metro Stormwater and Metro um, Codes. That will drag you out. And it drug us out many months. Mm-hmm. So... What happened? Well, let me talk about a few talking points for or a few bullet points. So some things as you create your roadmap that you need to consider is number one and most important is your budget. Mm-hmm. You need to know what your comfort level is to purchase, I mean, to, to buy. And if you're getting a mortgage, what you qualify for or a construction loan. Remember, if you get a construction loan, that is an interest-only loan. So that is going to have to be refinanced into permanent financing upon completion of the home. So with interest rates on a new build pushing 8%, 
your, your budget is going to be very different today than it was a year ago. Sure. So know that. So your budget, your time and your timing. Luckily for me, I'm about to build a second home. So I'm not having to move in. Right. If it's your primary residence, you really, really need to understand your timing. Location, of course. Your needs versus wants. And I'm, I'm going to say a lot <laughs> about that here in a minute. Um, your architect, who are you mm -hmm. going to find for your architect? Your builder, your site plan and engineering. And like I mentioned, any variances you may have to get. And then that's all before you get to the fun stuff, right. which is your selections, mm -hmm. your colors, your light fixtures, your appliances. Not that those are fun, but they're funner right. than the nuts and bolts of it all. Budget is everything because budget is tied into your needs versus wants. I had, I already had my lot. I'd purchased that lot and I had a house on there. So part of this is what not to do also. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I just lay it out on the line. Listen yes. to my mistakes. Learn from me. And I had this great house on there and I'd had it rented out. We finally got through all the variance process. And at the same time, I'm working with the architect. And I think we're ready to go. But my needs and wants started getting out of whack. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to do. So easy yeah. to do. So initially what I wanted was just a little, you know, 2,100 square foot home. Because it's a second home. I'm not yeah. going to live there. And 2,100 square foot is perfectly big enough for me because it's all how it's laid out, right? Yeah. Well, I have an awesome architect, and we just kept talking and talking about, he's like, have you considered this? Have you thought about this? And I'm going, oh, my God, I think I do need that. Yes. Oh, right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And suddenly 2100 was 3100 yeah. to get all of what I wanted, mm -hmm. but none of it that I really needed or would ever potentially even use right. in, a, in a second home. Yeah. So to, you really need to be kind of clear on those needs and wants mm -hmm. because what happened then, like I've got my budget in my mind, what I'm going to be spending. We go through the budgeting process with the builder and it's significantly more than I had actually budgeted for. Right. And I knew it would be because the house got so much bigger and a lot of the things, but it was much, much more. So then I had to do a recalibration mm -hmm. of, of what I wanted. And I just went back to what I really needed in this home with some wants and got it back down. But at that point, the architect is so busy. Now I'm another two months out for, you know, to shrink yeah. it down. And which makes sense because everyone still is kind of busy. Where the unfortunate disconnect for me was, all my fault, was I went ahead and tore that house down thinking we'd be ready. Oh, yeah. A, we talked about that when mm -hmm. we had Restore on and you donated cabinetry yes. and some other items from That's the home. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. I, exactly. So that was end of March. But then we went back to ground zero in June. And so now I'm like just kicking myself going, oh, my God, I've lost months of rental income that I could have been getting from that property. Yeah. Um, by thinking I was ready. So I want to say, add one more thing. Understand your roadmap. Yeah. So I should have... Hindsight's twenty twenty. I should. I thought we were ready to go, but we weren't ready to go. So I should have waited until we had stamp plans, pulled permit, then taken that house down. Right. And I, it was just. It ended up costing me money because it's lost revenue on now. It's just vacant dirt that's there versus a house that was good enough to rent. Isn't there a pool? 
There is a pool. You could rent the pool out. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> no, because there's no water or electricity oh, to the okay, house and they mind. tore it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so worried. My pool guy's like, oh my God, please keep water in that pool so it doesn't collapse in on yeah. itself. I'm like, ah. Yeah. So there may be a brand new pool this time next year. Okay, I don't know. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I do have a dock because it is on the river. So I've rented my dock out oh, for that's, the summer. Oh, that's so a good that's, idea. That's paying my property taxes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I found a win somewhere. Yeah. But it's, as I was thinking about our show today, and looking back, I was going, wow, this was a great experience for me to go through. It will only help me guide my clients better. Absolutely. In creating the roadmap. Because as realtors, we, you and I, Heather, typically mm-hmm. deal, when we are dealing with new construction, something that's already existing. Yes. Right? That's a different animal. And you don't necessarily need the roadmap because it's sort of in place in the contract already. Or the stage that the builder is in. I'm curious about you when you built your house. Has that been 10 years ago? It was 10 years ago. I no longer live there. I live in new construction. Right. But it was a great house. And so we had acquired the land. Um, it was some family land. Um, first thing we did to see if it would even perk. You know, we yeah, live in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so the area that we were in didn't have, have public sewer. So, you know, that's a conversation that I have with a lot of people when they want to build, right? They're just looking for land. And they don't really understand that process of how 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 do you perk yeah. um, property? And then what does that even mean? Right. And how does that um, go through the county? And um, it's according to the number of bedrooms, I thought before I went through this process, oh, it's bathrooms, right? It's the number of bathrooms you can have. Oh, no, it's bedrooms. So that was a big learning piece for me. And then that's not a quick process. Can I play on that too? Please. The reason it's bedrooms is because codes will look at that and and the water department and the septic people look at that two people per bedroom. Okay. So if if it'll perp for a three-bedroom, it means that six people could live there regardless if it's one bathroom or six bathrooms. Got it. That's why they, because the first time, or when I was new to this too, yeah. I was like, bedrooms, that makes no sense. It made and then no they sense. finally, a, a septic man yeah. explained it to me. Yeah, so I had some clients that were interested in property in Williamson County. And of course, part of the due diligence period was to see if they could build the home that they had been envisioning for years to get someone to commit to a timeline to come out and do the test. Oh my it was a process, and this is probably about six months ago, so I can't imagine it's any better, but just know that going in. So to get, there's only, someone told me that there's only about three engineers in the state or six engineers in the state who are doing this right now. Yeah. Who are the soil scientists to so perk the land. The state has a, has a list. And so we downloaded that list (laughs) and I thought, we'll just start calling, you know, and it was impossible to get a return call or it was like six months out. So everyone is six months out. One mm -hmm. of our other agents had the same thing. And he said half of the list retired during COVID. Sure. So some of these guys were older guys and they're just like, I'm out. Right, right, right. So that's first things first, right? You've got to see if you can actually build what you want to build Mm -hmm. on that property. And that is either going to be a green flag or it's going to be a very quick, no, this is not going to work out for you. So um, went through that process and then found an architect that we really loved. Um, We used Scott Wilson Mm -hmm. out of um, Franklin. And it was a really, I enjoyed the process because he really wanted to come to the property 
walk the ground, look around, look at the elevation, look at the views, and kind of, you know, talk about the sun, which, you know, I, I love photography and light. And so for me, that was really important to talk about where light would enter the home as to what time of day, you know, and it would face. And, and that's all important when yeah. you're, you don't think about it at the time, but there's a lot of those little detailed decisions that go in before you even touch the dirt. Right. Um, that if you can make those decisions, you're going to be in good shape. But if you're a person who just agonizes over things, you might want to build some or buy something that's already. Yeah because yeah. it could take you years um so yeah that that was kind of how we got started until we you know put in a basement and then you talked about the site planning the site engineers um gosh the money that goes into that and you've not even bought anything that you're excited about yet hi i'm harry allen co-founder and chief relationship officer of studio bank studio bank is passionate about what our members create and we're here to support you through the process we provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767. I mean, on mine, before you're even breaking ground, we're close to 100 grand. Yeah. I mean, the just know it's not for the faint of mm-hmm. heart. The budget is real. And I think most people know that, but they don't realize how expensive it is just to get going. Yeah. Site or engineering work is very expensive yes. and takes a long time. Yes. Your architectural plans are expensive and mm-hmm. take a long time. If you have a good architect, I mean, any architect, though, is still busy. Yeah, they right are. Now. And and the different phases, I did not understand. Oh, I want this bedroom here. I want this bed, you know, bathroom here. That was phase one. Now we start talking about plugs and switches. And the, <laughs> I was like, we're talking about that now? Yeah. He was like, oh, yes. Yeah. And so that was agonizing. But if you really kind of do your homework, you can do some cool stuff in your house that ne- that doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money, right. right? I was putting plugs in the back of drawers in my bathroom to hide, you know, my blow dryers. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. So that was, once I kind of wrapped my head around it, that can really be a fun time to really look at the plans and think about how you live, where you want your printer to go, mm-hmm. hiding things in closets. I mean, I think people probably do that now, but this was 10 years ago and I thought I was novel. So it was. No, I mean, it's, it's funny. So like when I remodeled my kitchen, you know, I put a, a, my strip plug up underneath the cabinets in the kitchen. Cause I didn't want, I love my backsplash tile and I right. didn't want the tile to get messed up. And your plug covers rarely sit straight on tile. Yeah. It's hard to, you they're know, wonky. you're always, they're wonky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted that to be clean. And to your point on plugs, I have some 14-foot ceilings with these huge windows, and it's overlooking the river, Mm -hmm. but it's also on the west side, you're going to get that sun, and so I wanted electric blinds. Yeah. So we put electric, you know, little electric thingamajigs. That's real. (laughs) (laughs) Technical term. Um, (laughs) Electric outlets up there so we could hardwire the uh, blinds in. And so much easier and cost-effective to make those decisions now than you decide later oh I want to add plugs there exactly forget it yeah yeah 
Plugs Anyways. in the floor. Plugs yeah, in the- <laughs> it, right. I mean, if you, you go have down that, a plug rabbit hole, <laughs> if you have that big open room, you do want the plugs in the floor mm-hmm. so for a sofa table to go back behind the sofa. Yeah. So you really have to think about all of those things in advance. And then once you do, I feel like at that point, things start moving, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have a good um, contractor who's ordering everything on time, so you're not having to wait on the doors, not waiting on the windows, and those things can kind of start coming together. And then the fun start where, where you're going to your appliance. Yeah. And that's where you can get out of budget very quickly. Lord. <laughs> I mean, because I did go f- to the appliance meeting and, you know, I was floored. Yes. You're like, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm going to have a sink in my bathroom and now I have 10 sinks to choose from. Right, I don't right. want that one. I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that I know. One. And then you have to rain it back in. Yes. But yes. Um, lots yeah, of those. The selections can be fun. And for Heather and I, in our business, like we go into so many houses mm-hmm. and I'm, if I see something I like, I'm taking pictures. Oh yes. I've got a home I'll be listing in East Nashville probably sometime this fall and they redid it. They bought a year or two ago and her job is on the other side of town. They just want to get closer to her job. And most people, you know, they buy a house and they tell you what they're going to do. And I don't know, 30% of the people do it uh-huh. until right before they move. Well, these folks really did it. And they have this quartz that the vein in the quartz is this beautiful emerald green Ooh. and it's subtle and gorgeous. And they did these deep green base cabinets and white up top be still my heart. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is just stunning to me. It was stunning. Yeah. That's another rabbit hole. Countertops. You can spend. Light fixtures. Yes. I mean, the lighting stores. And, and now that online is so big and you know, you can come local, you can look at them, but I did some renovations a couple of years ago and I got really stuck on some online lights and yeah. I ordered some and sent them back. They were not as described and others were amazing. Yeah. So I just feel like if you're going to build decision fatigue is real Mm -hmm. and you have to stick to your plan and know what you want and make a decision and move forward because time is money. Time is money, but the best advice is understanding your time and your budget and create the roadmap. Mm -hmm. Don't go without a map. Right. I mean, I, I did not go with a map. I wish I had sat down with my builder and talked realistically. In my mind, I knew how it would go. And none of it went like I thought it was going to go in my mind. Because, oh, this is what I do for a living. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I got stuck. Yeah. you know, Or not stuck, but I, I didn't have a clear path. Mm-hmm. And that was on me, not yeah. on anybody else. Because I didn't ask for help and didn't ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's fun, though. I can't wait to see it. I can't either. Yeah. I can't wait till my new plans come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and see if the pool survives. Yes. We'll yes. see. So, if... if Building new construction is on your heart. I would say find an agent who is very familiar with the process. Mm -hmm. If you don't already have a builder picked out, maybe they can give you some referrals, Mm -hmm. referrals for architect, but it all starts with the land and that initial purchase and making sure that that is going to support your dreams and what you want. And not only that, but making sure you understand what you can qualify for. Mm -hmm. If you're not paying cash, if you don't have a cash budget, with the rates where they are today, make sure you get pre-approved and understand the construction loan process. A lot of times the bank wants you to buy the land and the construction loan at the same time. You roll it in together. Mm-hmm. You take draws on that, and so your loan tends to incrementally increase. And, you know, initially it's not so bad, but then as you start, you know, your lumber draw is 60 grand, let's just say, and whoop, that loan just went up 60 grand. Yeah. Your... Uh, you know, electrical package or HVAC packages, all those are draws that keep ticking on up there. So know your timing, 
and and ask for help. And to Heather's point, if you're working with a real estate agent that specializes in new builds, that's going to be very, very beneficial. Yeah. They'll, they will walk that road before and can help you, mm -hmm. give you pointers and make good connections for you. Yeah. So that brings us then to, okay, you're working with your realtor, whether it's me or Heather, mm -hmm. and we are in, you know, name the newer neighborhood, or yeah. maybe it's an infill in the nations or in East Nashville or Franklin, wherever. And the house is halfway built. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different other process. It it's is. like, what is the builder going to allow you to pick yeah. out? If they've already picked out things, a lot of times if they if you want to change it, if they allow you to change, there's going to be a change order fee. Yes. And those can get, you know, two fifty, five hundred, one thousand dollars. It's a hassle factor for the builder. It is. As well as is that going to then slow down construction because things are so back ordered? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still fighting COVID fatigue in supply chain. Yeah. Uh my neighbor who's building, she's in her 20th or 21st month of building and because she couldn't get doors oh, she wow. couldn't get windows she couldn't get appliances and yeah. so it just really held everything up yeah so i bought new construction about three years ago and it was a i'd say probably 85 to 90 percent complete when we put a contract on the home mm -hmm. and i think what was hard for me was you know when i was building it was my house right the entire time and so the mind shift when you buy new construction it's not your house yeah. until closing date. You kind of think it is because you're so invested in that paint color and you pick the cabinets and you were able to decide which knob pulls, but it's it's really not your house until the day that you close. And it's it's not even really not your house. It's not your house. Yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> you, so, unless, you're, unless your name is on that note and on that yeah, deed, it's not your house. Right, so, you know, that was a little different for me, but I think the stage of life that I was in with having some, you know, teenagers and so many moving parts, I honestly didn't care about the knob um, like I did, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that invested. I was like, yeah, it's cute, it's fine, it'll work. Yeah. That light fixture, okay, we're right. You know, I've built before, I've picked out everything, and at this point, I was like, well, I'll just wallpaper the bathroom fun there and you call go. it my own. There you go. But um, yeah, it was a different process. But you know, I will say I, I had a great builder. Um, and so they have really been good the last three years, if anything, especially in that first year, I hear horror stories. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think building a good relationship with that builder is mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. um, having a good agent on your side, um, if we can just chat about that for a moment. Yep. If we have um, anyone listening who's not an agent who is considering new construction, please, please use an agent. Um, that builder may or may not encourage that. I don't know. They might. And use an agent who understands how to work new construction. Yes. Someone who's experienced. Because if you go into a neighborhood that's a new construction neighborhood, the on-site agent works for the builder. Mm -hmm. Those contracts that you will sign are designed by the builder and that builder's attorney that only represents builder interest. You have very little out you do. in a new construction contract. They are extremely tedious to read. You do. The, the yeah. print's super small. Like our uh, TAR contracts, our normal state of Tennessee contracts, the font's a little bit bigger, you know, and we know that contract. And it's a pretty balanced contract for buyer and seller mm -hmm. and space to add contingencies to protect your buyer or your seller. In a new build con a new build neighborhood or a new build contract, there's no there's very few outs. So if you're a 
buyer unrepresented, you don't even know what you don't know about those outs. Right, right. You need an agent to explain to you every step along the way exactly what you're getting yourself into. Right. The second point on that is, well, maybe you're working with a brand new agent who hasn't been down this road before, or you're working directly with the on-site agent. They are going to say you don't need a home inspection. Oh, goodness, yes. And nothing could be further <laughs> yeah. from the truth. We, we've talked about this before on yeah, the show. we have. But you are almost always going to have more things wrong in a new build, brand new construction, than an existing build. Mm-hmm. And it's not that anyone's trying to get away with something or hide something, but these new builds are moving so fast. Codes in any county yeah. are, so, are stretched so thin these homes get like a C minus. Now, codes probably don't want to hear this, but they, they know they're stretched thin. Mm-hmm. Things just don't get hooked up correctly. Windows may be leaking. Um, yeah, a lot of it's honest mistakes. It's honest mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just contractors, people kind of moving parts. If they didn't finish maybe on Friday and they show up Monday. I think John Steele gave us a lot of these examples. Yeah. When we had him on last season with Qualys mm-hmm. um, Home Inspectors and just going into new construction and just things that he saw that maybe they left on Friday and then another crew came in after them and it just didn't complete the job. Mm-hmm. I think he told a funny story about maybe someone washing their hands and it was just going right into the crawl space. I think that was a listing I had. Or I was oh, yeah. some buyers. They, they bought a five-year-old house, and the people they had bought it from bought it directly from the builder, uh-huh. and they had never tied the powder room sink into a drain line to okay, go on the yes. sewer. So it was just for five years, water was just going straight into the crawl space. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, so things happen. So. Yeah, and dryer vents are a big one. That dryer vent on the outside of the house that they put the hardy board directly over where that hole is. They're just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to, uh, the inspector will open the dryer vent and push out, and there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, so just note that, too, that that's a, a big a big one that happens. Right, right. Um, exhaust fans and bathrooms not getting vented out of the house. Um, the elbow on the condensate drain for HVACs uh, gets hit in the attic, and then that condensation is going directly into your attic. Mm -hmm. So there's so many misses that, again, no one is purposely trying to do a bad job. It just gets missed. Right, right. I know in my neighborhood, we have a neighborhood group chat. Everybody loves those, right? So (laughs) (laughs) run away, run away. I know. I I just peek and like, I'm like, is there anything I need to know? Okay, no, I won't look for another week. But there was a lot of chatter. And we've lived there three years now uh, in the first year about people, oh, I'm going to get my home inspection now, now that I'm at coming up on a year of living here and then turning that list into the builder, hoping that they will come back and fix everything. And so I think every builder is a little bit different with what they cover at that one year. And it's just so much better to do that before you close than to wait at the one year mark and hope that everything that you find is going to be covered at that point. I would say you're right. Definitely get that done prior to. And if you want to get another one 10 months in, Mm -hmm. you know, have your inspector come back and look at stuff, that's fine. But understand your home warranty. When you buy new construction, you do get a one-year builder's home warranty. And that home warranty will outline what is covered, what is not. Concrete is rarely covered. Nail pops will be covered, you know, usually drywall issues, unless it's something you damage. Right, right. Um, This was interesting. We had nail pops fixed at my house, but they wouldn't paint them. So they would come in and fix them, but they would not paint 
And I asked why, and they just gave me a whole explanation of, well, once you start painting one area, it can lead to painting something else. And now we've painted your whole ceiling. Yeah. So they will fix the nail pops, but they will not paint. So it's really important to read all of the fine print to know, okay, I'm going to have all these nail pops fixed, but I have to now hire a painter. So on the nail pop, they're just tapping it in with their hammer. Mm-hmm. And they'll putty over it. And they'll putty over it. And okay. they'll, yeah. And then you've got, depending on what color your walls are, <laughs> yeah. you've got these putty oh, marks now. Good point. Yeah. So, um, you know, find a crew in the neighborhood and offer to pay them a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, right on. It's like, hey, guys. That's what time I, y'all off? That's what I did. <laughs> yep, that's smart. That and they smart. came like two days later and were happy to do it. And I was thrilled. So oh, good. Anyway. Great, you know, great, great. You can find a way around it. There you go. So. There you go. And, I mean, a good realtor, just as Heather and I are talking, I'm thinking about all the new builds I've sold in the past year because one thing I put on my follow-up list is at month 10, when they're coming up in month 10, reach out and say, hey, guys, your warranty is about set to expire in the next two months. So go through your house, either get a home inspector in there or grab your home warranty booklet, look at what's covered, and walk around and look at those things Mm -hmm. and see if they need to be addressed because once that time frame is over, some builders may come out, but... The majority are like, ah, they're so busy as well. Although I had a builder and he uh, would just build two or three at a time. He would come back out years after. Like I remember somebody's hot water heater went out and they went and bought a hot water heater and he came over and installed it for them. Oh, that's nice. He was just such a good guy. He retired and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes me sad. You were so good. Yeah. So things like that. Also, whether this is a new build or an existing build, your property tax bill. If your mortgage company isn't paying your property taxes, those bills come out in October. And on a new build, if you bought after May, usually, it ha- it doesn't necessarily get caught in the system. Mm-hmm. And so your tax bill may go to your builder. He may or may not send you that tax bill. So yeah. just be on the lookout to go to the website to know that your property tax bills do come out at that time. And this year, you're going to be paying it on the land and the improvements. A lot of times at closing, when they prorate that tax, you're only paying property taxes on the land because the the improved, the house or any other structures on that land have not been assessed yet by the county. Right. And that's why when you look in MLS and you see the estimated taxes, it's like, you know. It's based on old house there. Yeah. It's so off. Yeah. So just know that that's that's coming. mm -hmm. That's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So what what other... Do you think pitfalls in new construction or opportunities in new construction? So I think it's an opportunity to really kind of set your dreams out there, you know, and and really be unique and build what you want. I feel like I see a lot of the same old, same old in Nashville. And so I love, you can tell, right, when you're looking at homes and you walk in, wait a minute, this one's not like the others. Yeah. Someone really put some time and energy into it. And and, you and can, loved it. You can feel the love yeah, and, and the pride. And the intentionality it. behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I love going into those homes. So I think it's, a, it's an opportunity, whether you're renovating or you're starting from scratch, to really find a good architect to sit down and think about how you live your life. Right. And, you know, as long as you're not doing anything wild and crazy and you can't ever resell it, it's probably going to end up being something very cool and unique and people will want. Right. And I, we, one thing we haven't added to the mix is the designer. The architect yeah. and designer a lot of times will work in tandem to make it happen. And if it's a renovation, sometimes you don't even need an architect, you, but you do need that designer mm-hmm. to help you unless you're putting a major addition on. Nothing is more off-putting to a lot of people than there's a small home 
and then they put an addition on and it feels like they just slap something on the back of the house yeah versus something that seamlessly transitions into an extension of the existing home so true and that's always like wait what happened here oh they did not bring in an architect yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And no one put a design eye on it. It was just, you know, them trying to match things up yeah. the best they could. Speaking of design, we may need to get old Keith Grant back in here. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute since we've had, he was our very first mm -hmm. season and he always gives us such great perspective on the design side. He does. And he has the best color suggestions. Yes, he does. <laughs> I love his color suggestions. All ideas. <laughs> it's funny. He redid my downstairs, um, in 2015, which to me feels like yesterday, and now it's like, holy cow, that was eight years ago. Uh -huh. Everything he chose for me is still on point. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it just is. Needs a, it needs to be uh, repainted, you know, touched up and whatnot. But Right. Yeah. I'm just, thank you, Keith Grant, if you're listening today. Yes. <laughs> so, guys, we, again, are so excited about being in season five of the Moving Up podcast. We look forward to the next episode with you. Stay tuned. And if you have any questions, ideas, or thoughts that you'd like Heather and I to cover, please email us, podcast at wilsongriprealestate.com, or pick up the phone and call us. We're happy to answer. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Call ATA, CPA, and advisors to help you with all of your accounting needs. ATA can help you amplify your business with tax planning, client accounting services, advisory, and assurance services. Contact partner David Hart and the ATA team today at 615-662-2727 or visit atacpa.net to get started. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories and tag at moving up podcast and let us know your favorite takeaway from this episode. This show is edited by Elizabeth Evans Media. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment and commercial needs as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com.